This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorj, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. Good morning, it's Saturday, and welcome to America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. This weekend, we are truly honored to welcome a patriotic leader, a great American, Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Right after medical school at the University of Texas Medical Branch, he began active duty serving in the United States Navy and was deployed to Iraq on the battlefield for a combat surgical shock trauma platoon. And while serving in Iraq, Dr. Ronnie Jackson was called back to the United States to serve in the White House Medical Unit during the Bush administration. Dr. Jackson would ultimately lead the White House Medical Unit as physician to the president during the Obama and Trump administrations. In January 2019, President Donald J. Trump appointed him as chief medical advisor and assistant to the president. And in December 2019, after 25 years of distinguished service to his country, Dr. Jackson retired from the United States Navy as a rear admiral. He returned to the great state of Texas and ran for U.S. Congress, and Dr. Jackson was elected to serve Texas' 13th Congressional District in November 2020. And without any further delay, we welcome Congressman Ronnie Jackson to America's Roundtable. Welcome, sir. Welcome, Congressman Jackson. Good morning. Thank you guys for having me. Wonderful indeed. The Customs and Border Protection reported in March 2023 that at least 69 non-U.S. citizens on the FBI's terror watch list have been caught trying to illegally enter the U.S. through the southern border since October 2022. And Congressman Jackson, you've been on the forefront addressing these issues and reintroducing a resolution calling on President Biden to remove Vice President Kamala Harris from a role as border czar. And last week, you and your colleagues passed the Secure Border Act of 2023 which now goes to the Senate. Congressman Jackson, how do you see us bringing an end to this national security crisis at the border? And what is your message to our fellow Americans who are deeply concerned about this invasion of our nation by millions of illegal immigrants? Well, Joel, the first thing we have to do is we have to get the administration to recognize that this is a crisis and to acknowledge and, and admit that this is an unmitigated disaster, uh, the likes of which we've never seen before. And it's not. You were just talking about the terrorists that have crossed the border. I mean, we have sex trafficking. We have drug trafficking. We have hardened criminals crossing the border. And yes, we have people on the terror watch list. Some people that have been uh, at least one I know of that's a documented terrorist that they caught crossing the border, as well as last week uh, they they, they uh, intercepted an IED that was uh, at a border crossing in Arizona. 
Madonna. But just as a reference, I just looked it up while ago. And in fiscal year 2019, we had three people in fiscal year 2019 that were on the uh, that, that were on the terror watch list across our border. In 2020, fiscal year 2020, we had three. Fiscal year 2021, we had 15. And fiscal year 2022, uh, in the Biden administration, we had 98. And this fiscal year, fiscal year 23, we're almost at 100. So, I mean, it is an unbelievable increase in the number of people that might want to do harm to our country that are crossing. You know, used to, our problem used to be uh, we had illegal people crossing illegally from Mexico predominantly. And then it became Mexico and the triangle countries, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. But now it's 160 different countries people are crossing our border. And not all of those people just want to come here for a better life. A lot of them, uh, you know, want to take advantage of us, take advantage of our hospitality in our country and some want to do us harm and you know we it's unsustainable there are only a certain number of resources that we as taxpayers can provide for the people that that, that vote here that pay taxes you know whether it's health care or school uh, you know education uh, or you know our roads and all the other things that we that our tax um, dollars go to provide eventually you're gonna have all these people here that uh, that don't contribute to any of that and just consume all these resources and those resources aren't going to be available for the taxpayers who paid into that system and you know if you look at what's going on right now. They're bringing people across the border. They're giving them asylum dates that are 10, 12 years out. They're restricting them from having any type of work while they're here. So, you know, this is this is by design. I, I promise you it's by design. Uh, you know, they think that these people are going to be uh, voters uh, in, in future elections and vote as Democrats. And you know what? They probably will, because part of the design is they bring them here and they don't allow them to work and they give them cell phones and they give them education and they give them health care. They give them welfare. They give them a place to live. They're completely dependent on the U.S. government when they get here if they want to maintain that any of that stuff they can't maintain it on their own by even working even if we did let them work which i'm not proposing that we do but now they're dependent on the on the democrats in in our government to to keep them on the government dole and to make sure that they 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 can provide all this to them so this is and you know the other thing you know that a lot of people realize as well is you know they've had a big issue recently with the census and they lost representation in the house of representatives and other places because of the census numbers that fell in new york and in uh in new jersey and california look at what's going to happen with some of these people coming in a lot of them are going up to new york and new jersey and stuff and that's going to increase the census number there that's going to allow the democrats to have representation that they currently don't have in the u.s house of representatives and some of their state legislatures and so on and so on, and money and everything else that comes to that state. So I think that this is part of the grand plan of the, of the far-left progressives in this country. Mm, right. And uh, Congressman Jackson, uh, you visited the U.S. southern border together with your fellow members of Texas congressional delegation on March 31, 2023. And you said, and I quote, as far as I can tell, cartels are the only beneficiaries of Biden's border crisis. Make no mistake, cartels are in control of our southern border. Stakeholders are stretched thin and the influx is so bad that Border Patrol agents are being taken away from protecting the border to process illegal immigrants, leaving the border susceptible to crimes like human and drug trafficking. And Congressman Jackson, according to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, 90% of the fentanyl in the United States is smuggled across the southern border. According to the CDC, over 107,000 people in the United States died of drug overdoses and drug poisoning in the 12-month period ending in January 2022. And again in 2023, new 170,000, over 170,000 people died. A staggering 67% of those deaths involved synthetic 
opioids like fentanyl. Fentanyl is involved in more deaths of Americans under 50 than any cause of death, including heart disease, cancer, homicide, suicide, and other accidents. Uh, Congressman Jackson, does the Biden administration understand the urgency of addressing the fentanyl crisis from illegal fentanyl, 90% of which is smuggled across the southern border? Well, I think they understand it. I don't think they care. I don't think it's on their priority list of things to fix, to be honest with you. And you have to remember that most of that fentanyl comes from China as well before it gets to our southern That's border. Right. And I think that the relationship between the Biden administration and China is very suspect. I don't know what's going on there, but I think that the, the Biden administration sold out a long time ago when he was vice president to, to the Chinese in particular. And I think they control a lot of uh, the actions uh, that, that happen from the White House. Uh, the Chinese do because of their undue influence on the Biden administration due to the time in, in as vice president with Hunter Biden and a lot of the stuff that went on there that we hear about on a regular basis. So I think they understand the problem. I don't think they have any interest in fixing it for a variety of reasons, including what I just described. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's an unmitigated disaster. I've been down there on numerous occasions and uh, it's only continued to get worse. And the cartels are the only ones benefiting from this. I mean, they're, they're getting filthy rich. Uh, we're in a situation right now where the cartels, believe it or not, and this is unbelievable because they're making record profits uh, with their with their drug distribution across our southern border. But believe it or not, the cartels are making more money right now with human trafficking than they are with drug trafficking. And that says a lot because they are making an absolute fortune on drug trafficking. So, you know, the Biden administration is just uh, is the last link in the logistical process of, of the cartels business right now. They get these people to the southern border. They turn them over to the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol is completely completely overwhelmed. They've been taken completely away from their law enforcement duties. Like I had mentioned earlier, when I went to the border, they're passing out juice boxes and changing diapers and accompanying the migrants to hospitals. And they're overwhelmed. They're doing all of the, all the paperwork to process these people in. Even, even the troops that we've sent down there, the active duty troops that Biden sent down to help with the border, the big part of their plan was that they were just going to help process the paperwork and just allow more people to get into the, to get into the country under the existing system. But President Biden is actually the, he is the trafficker in chief right now in this country because he is allowing this to happen because when they turn them over here, you know, we give them a cell phone. Like I said, we give them a plane ticket, a train ticket, a bus ticket. We send them wherever they want. We hook them up with a sponsor. And, you know, and, and it, it creates a massive draw for people to make that dangerous journey to come up here. What people don't know is that, uh, you know, a lot of them die on the journey up here. A lot of the uh, little girls in particular are sexually assaulted numerous times, numerous times before they get here. And then some of them are, you know, you have these NGOs like Catholic Charities and, and uh, Jewish Family Services that I'm sure do a lot of good things and have in the past, but they are part of the problem right now because they are providing some of the trafficking that's going, they are facilitating the trafficking that's going on. These people are being turned over to sponsors. We don't know for sure. 90% of the time, I would say, we don't really know where these kids go. Uh, these unaccompanied minors that get turned over to supposed family members or somebody that's a sponsor for them somewhere else in the country. A lot of them end up in, in, in sex slaves. They end up, uh, you know, in, in uh, child labor situations where they're being abused, uh, you know, sexually, mentally, physically. And so uh, it, it's a horrible situation. A lot of a, a lot of bad things are happening as a result of this process. And we have to stop it. It's just it's absolutely out of control. 
And Congressman Ronnie Jackson, you've been on the forefront of national security, protecting our country, and you reintroduced the bipartisan, bicameral Foreign Adversary Risk Management Farm Act. And this legislation would help protect America's agricultural industry from malign foreign investors and bolster our supply chain uh, by reforming the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, the governmental body that oversees the vetting process of foreign investment and acquisition of American companies. And you have stated that foreign investment in the American agricultural industry has grown at a rapid and dangerous pace, as foreign investors currently control at least 37.6 million acres of agricultural land valued at $67.7 billion. Congressman Jackson, could you share with our listeners, our engaged audience, your concerns about protecting America's agricultural land and why we should be vigilant about this vital issue? Well, we've already got a, we've already got issues too numerous to mention with regards to our supply chain that are directly tied to China. They control all of our pharmaceuticals, uh, all of the, uh, the the active ingredients and the initial processing of pharmaceuticals. Almost all of them in this country come from China. We got to change that. That's very dangerous. They they control our our supply chain when it comes to a, a lot of the uh, the electronics and the, the chip manufacturing and things of that nature as well. Uh, you know, we, we cannot afford for them to control our and they they control this our supply chain from the outside. Traditionally, what you see now happening is you see China coming in and they want to control our supply chain from the inside. And I first noticed this before I became a member of Congress. It was during, uh, you know, you might remember a while back, it was while I was running for office, I believe, that there was a, a, a bit of a tit for tat between Russia and Saudi Arabia on oil. And they drove the price of oil down into the negative numbers, actually. And a lot of independent oil companies, especially in the Permian Basin of Texas, couldn't endure uh, oil prices that low. And they went bankrupt. And they went out of business. We you know what the first thing that happened is these Chinese shell companies came in and they started buying mineral rights in Texas, all, all mineral rights so that they control our oil and gas Amazing. to some extent. And now they, we, we realize that they're doing the same thing with our agricultural land. They're buying up huge plots of farmland all over the country. Some of it in close proximity to military bases and they're spying on us. But some of it is just to control our supply chain from the inside that they can cut off the supply of food or manipulate the, the, the supply of food in the market price and everything else. So what I do is, is I've tried to, now that you know, I've been on Armed Services Committee for a while now, I'm on Foreign Affairs. I've been on those two committees for the last three years. I'm now on the Ag Committee, and I try to approach everything on the Ag Committee as if it is a national security issue, because I do believe that ag, that agricultural industry is now a national security issue in a lot of ways. And so uh, we put this Farm Act out, Foreign Adversary Risk Management Act, which will require that the purchase of agricultural land in the United States be treated like any other uh, purchase of a, of, a, of a large, influential company that could have national security implications by a foreign government. And it, it points to Secretary of Agriculture as a member of that CFIUS board that oversees this so that they can have that ag expert on that board looking at these issues as well. So we're hoping to shut down and shut off most of the foreign purchase of farmland in the right. country because I just think it's a big risk for our country, mm -hmm. big national security. Great. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Congressman Jackson, uh, the just released Durham report by Special Counsel John Durham shows that ABI's Russia collusion probe of the 2016 Donald Trump campaign was set up by a partisan FBI, which became a funnel for disinformation from the Hillary Clinton campaign. In essence, the Hillary Clinton campaign used foreign nationals, an opposition research outfit, and political insiders to feed the FBI and the media lies about
about Trump-Russia collusion. And from the Wall Street Journal editorial board's piece titled Why the Durham Report Matters to Democracy, it is a damning account of the corruption of the FBI and its accomplices. I quote, The Russia collusion fabrication and deceptive sale to the public is a travesty that shouldn't be forgotten, that Washington's establishment refuses to acknowledge its role in this deceit is one reason so many Americans don't trust public institutions. It will take years for honest public servants to undo the damage, but the derma accounting is a start. And we should add the damage done by mainstream and corporate media, which are also not acknowledging their role in this travesty. Uh, Congressman Jackson, what are the next steps as a follow-up to the Durham report? And how can we prevent this odious practice of deceiving the entire nation from happening in the future and especially in the next presidential elections? Well, there needs to be some accountability. We need to get rid of some of these people. Our, our FBI and our Department of Justice is incredibly corrupt right now, incredibly corrupt. And I just want to point out that like the vast majority of the people that work in the FBI are hardworking, well-meaning public servants that are trying to do their job. But the leadership, the leadership and the mid-level leadership right now, uh, in, in some ways in the FBI, has been completely corrupted by the power and the authority that they, that they have over the American people right now. And they are weaponizing that against the American people and their political adversaries. And like you said, this Russia collusion was started by the Hillary Clinton campaign. But don't kid yourself for a minute that the press and the FBI were, were willing participants in all of this. They were part of the problem. They willingly did this. They knew that it was a lie. They knew that it was that it was misinformation. They knew that it would have a negative effect on, on President Trump in the election. And they did it anyways, because that was their that was their ultimate goal was to make sure that President Trump was not elected as president. Now, it felt the first time and he was elected and Hillary Clinton was, thank God, uh, because we need him as president again. We needed him then. We need him now. Uh, but I will tell you that, you know, th they will tell you the FBI, uh, I think it was Director Ray was saying the other day when the Durham report came out that a lot of the stuff that's in the Durham report has already been addressed and they've already uh, made changes and cleaned things up. That's garbage. And we know that's garbage because of what's going on right now with the cover up of the Hunter Biden laptop. Right. There, nothing has changed in the FBI. Nothing has changed in DOJ. They are still a partisan organization that's going after and persecuting and punishing their political adversaries. And that is not their job. They're, we cannot have that. That is that, that that is the death of this country if we let this if we let this continue. You. Uh, that, that's Soviet that Soviet Union tactics. Right, that's right, right. Eastern Europe. That, that's the kind of stuff that we see in, in places like the old Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have to we have to take control of this. We have to get these people in there. We need to go through that Durham report and pick out everybody that was mentioned in there. We need to drag them before Congress. We need them to testify under oath. And you know they need to pay for what's going on. The FBI needs to get rid of Ray. We really do need to clean house at the FBI and the DOJ. These corrupt uh, actors need to need need to be gone. Some of them need to go to jail. Thank you so much for your leadership, Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Your final thoughts for our engaged audience in the Midwest and the South. Oh, well, you know, just stay in there. You know, I mean, don't get discouraged by what's going on in this country. This is a resilient country. They're the real blue uh, blue collar, hardworking Americans that are out there uh, that love this country, that are patriotic. They're, they're going to come through in the end. So we're going to do our best in Congress, in, in the House of Representatives to continue to push back and fight the fight and make the American people aware of all the horrible things that are happening in our government right now so that we can shine the light on that and, 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 and get it cleaned up. But people need to be active. They need to get out. They need to vote. we got to win the Senate back. we got to win the White House back. 
Act this time. If we get uh, President Joe Biden in for another four years after this, I don't know if we recover from this. It may be unrecoverable. They've done so much damage in two years. It's just unbelievable. I can only imagine the damage they can do in six more years. So we've got to clean it up. We've got to get some good people in there. Don't get discouraged. Get out and vote and get friends, like-minded individuals that care about this country and our freedoms. Get them out to vote with you and we will take this country back. Thank you so much for your leadership, Congressman. And we just appreciate all that you're doing on behalf of our fellow Americans. We're delighted to have Congressman Ronnie Jackson from the great state of Texas joining us on America's Roundtable. Thank you so much, Congressman Jackson. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the work you're doing, too. Stay after it. You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you, sir. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladensami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. AmericasRT.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at AmericasRT. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, AmericasRT.com. 